the you kind of like this guy, but when you can't decide between the filet o fish or the Big Mac, and he says, I'll get you both. Thank you. You definitely <laughs> like this guy meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Welcome to the Podcast Maneuver, the officially unofficial podcast for Picard on CBS All Access. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're here today to talk about Season 1, Episode 8, titled Broken Pieces, with the shattered pieces of the Picard legacy lying uh, broken on the floor. I, I've, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't care for this episode too much, if you really? can't tell. Yeah. I think, I, boy, boy, I think the writing on the show is rough. Um, well, uh, I'm, what do you think? I'm interested in exploring it with you because I I actually like the majority of this episode. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the Rio stuff was kind of weird, but I've I've kind of prepared myself for them to integrate this uh, novel form of casting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, I especially anytime that Gerardi's on screen and Agnes now that she's a confessed murderer that's going to probably spend a significant amount of time on a penal planet. Like I care about her even less. Mm-hmm. But I thought. Um, I thought the stuff in the Borg Cube was cool. I really enjoyed Seven, you know, becoming a temporary Borg Queen and having all of her children sucked out to space. Uh, I didn't cool. enjoy that so much, but it was like an appropriately epic piece of sci-fi work. And, uh, you know, them them kind of turning things over to Soji and using the Borg conduit to schlep around fat, uh, quicker seems like a cool idea. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, there's uh, no creepy Narek and... Uh, uh, the Rizzo scenes. So what, oh, what more a, do you want? There's a shitty Rizzo scene. That second scene where she's just expositing over the the bed of her aunt or whoever. Oh, you didn't like that? It's fucking terrible. It's trash. Okay. It's okay. garbage. All right. Well, let's get into what you. So oh, you already said what you think. So, so I think the Rio stuff is actually pretty good. I, I like enjoy the the performances that mm-hmm. he's giving um, of the five different. The holograms and he really is there's like it's not just the accent work no. like he's doing doing a lot and um uh, to the extent that they do feel like distinct characters already and i, yeah. I barely barely know them yeah and, and i'm starting to get on board with some of the stranger tone things that they're doing um like one of those those holograms is a close talker <laughs> Yeah, and frightens <laughs> Rafi onto her bed. Like at one point, just from talking close, I just think the center of gravity wouldn't hold. Like she just <laughs> right. uh, just toppled over. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, that that was really funny. Um, and I really got into some of those scenes. I, I think there's some good stuff with Picard and Soji in this episode. Uh, the stuff I really, really think was just awful is like I mentioned that ex- exposition scene. Um, Anything with Gerardi in this episode feels so bipolar. It it defies any logic. It defies any character. She might. They might be making a point that she is a little crazy. They're, 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 this this violent mind meld might have really fucked her up. So yeah. I'm kind of open I, to maybe. her. If she's like constantly like fighting the urge to put a phaser in her mouth and pull the trigger, then like maybe her wildly dashing from binge cake eating to binge Rios fucking to. You know, to, sell- to saying hell is coming and we, yeah. we need to get out of the way to then being somehow delighted and yeah, with no, the specifics okay. of Soji's <laughs> anatomy. Like all of this shit is just so, you know, uh, it, it oscillates back and forth mm. to these extremes. And 
it never finds its footing for me. See, but. this is the part of the episode where Jim Jim is Riker and I'm Picard, and he just shut Data off, and I'm trying to prove that he's a man, and I'm like, oh, this is, oh, hey, this, <laughs> hey, this is my, looking I'm just real doing bad my job. for my case here. Just uh, doing my job. <laughs> I'm making my best case, Picard. Uh-huh. If you can't bring it, it's not my problem. <laughs> shall uh, we Shall we open things up with uh, this new Aya, grief, the grief world, the grief yeah. planet? Yeah. I'm going to call it Aya, because it's a lot like Gaia, mm. uh, the grief world. There's this Good initiation goal. hazing, which is what I guess I would call it, where they mm-hmm. force you to look into the eye of hell, to look into whatever Sam Neill saw on the event horizon. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, O describes a, a cache of memories that the Zadvash have found, uh, which contain memories of annihilation. And the group that I'm going to call the other warrior nuns, uh, Romulan warrior nuns, because I think they're all female. The Zatvash? The Zat, the, what becomes the Zatvash, yeah. yeah. It does seem um, like they're all female for whatever reason. They all look into it, they freak out, and they decide they need to start changing this this future that they see. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a a really cool idea and, uh, you know, the, the perfect way to Scooby-Doo this prophecy shit, that you've got this long-dead advanced civilization, mm-hmm. uh, just in the same way that we, one of the, the big concerns we have with, like, burying our nuclear waste in the, in the ground is, like, man, you got to got to come up with a way to warn people not to fuck around here for tens of thousands of years uh and we talked about like uh, there's been all kinds of proposals of like what kind of monument you'd have to build what kind of containment facility the fact that this super advanced race in their death throes engineered this octanary like preposterous solar system just to attract the attention of an advanced advanced spacefaring. It's a really cool concept. And, and, and bring it to this pot where they have this thing called the admonishment, where if you look into it, you will see what happens if you embrace synthetic life. I thought, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a really sweet, hard sci-fi concept. Mm-hmm. And the episode, I felt like, did a really good job leading off of that because now I'm not freaking out about whether there's going to be like Romulan gods, you know, giving people divine revelations. Like, this is all... They they really put nice all of their, whoever the the race is that left this message, they really like min maxed their stats for uh, physical control of the the matter around them, mm. and didn't do so much with AI. Right, like yeah. I'm thinking if you if you task us who are uh-huh. pretty close already to AI that like hundreds of years are we hundreds of years off maybe to mm. to generalized AI. Uh, oh, I think that's way conservative, but fair right, point. Right, super conservative guess. Uh, we in a couple of hundred years, I really don't think we'll be to the point where we can create solar systems, oh, God, create no. star systems. Yeah. So like, their ability to control their surroundings is so far above their yeah. their development of AI. You can move stars into different solar systems and motion put them in the motion way. Like they're bulldozing solar systems the way we do parking lots. Yeah. But they couldn't beat AI. Right. Um, that is. Well, they that had is just crazy. created AI, right? Because they talk about this threshold um, where where there, there's a tipping point where you cross a line and the destroyers come and kill you mm-hmm. for having created synthetic life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, is that what it is? Or is that. See, I, I thought. I can't tell whether there is some cosmic cop that wakens up and kills a That's civilization. That's what I thought it was. I thought it's like it's more of like an inevitable thing. Once you create AI, they take over. Hmm. They become the destroyer. Because I don't think they, they talk about Soji being destroyer. Yeah, Soji's a destroyer. But it could. I mean, it, it could be e- either one. To, to tell you the truth. Yeah, but she it, could be the thing that that they call her the destroyer because she attracts the attention of the other mm-hmm. the other race. Maybe that. Oh. Comes and kills them. I don't know. Um. 
So those are two, I think, interesting competing hypotheses. But I do like that this kind of neatly solves for me why AI isn't more advanced in the future. Mm-hmm. Like if we make first contact with the Vulcans in you know, a, f- a few dozen years as outlined in first contact, and you know you can see like how far we're advancing in AI, but what if like you get to 2060 something and man, AI just hits a brick wall. Mm-hmm. We don't know why, but like all of our tests start failing because the Romulans are in, in super secret <laughs> fucking with us and all uh, of the advanced races to like put down artificial intelligence. That's a really cool concept because yeah. in the 24th century, uh, data should be like data is, is probably going to look primitive compared to what we can do in another hundred years. I would think um, so. But I, I think that's these these are really good, interesting things that mm-hmm. expand the world of Star Star Trek quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and I thought the actual ceremony of the admonition was fucking metal. Like people ripping <laughs> their faces, instantly shooting themselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, beating their like stoning themselves. It's they, they mm-hmm. really sh- they really do a good job of showing why these people are fanatics that like the people that are left are the ones that survived the phasers to the head and the head bashing. Yeah. And and might be a little a little Looney Tunes, a little you bit know, at that little point. Bit. Like I wish they played I wish they played Liz or Rizzo as like cold and calculating and like completely unsentimental rather than raging passions like barely controlled underneath their surface surface because after the admonition she wasn't like you know she was very stone cold about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why they didn't that that didn't go into her characterization. Other than they didn't know in episode three, probably what they were going to do in episode eight. Man, after seeing the admonition, it it strikes me that Gerardi does not seem the type to have the mental fortitude to withstand the onslaught of this vision of hell. Mm-mm. And yet she has. Of course, O can probably maybe soft pedal a little bit because she gets to choose what the mind mill or I, hmm. Does she? I. I well, it's also interesting that she's only half Vulcan. They and this mind meld is a little weird. We'll we'll maybe talk about it when we get there when mm-hmm. they describe it. But yeah, mm-hmm. the mind meld is different, I think, than a lot of mind melds I've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, Spock's not going to try and do the same shit that O does to you, right? But she might just have a little bit less control. Um, yeah. I remember, like, I don't think it ever did it come up because, like, uh, Lieutenant Savick and uh, Star Trek two II and three, the movie, mm-hmm. she's half Romulan, half Vulcan. Uh, Christy Alley, yeah, in the first one, and it's some other they they recast her in the third. Oh. Um, but she mind melds with Spock huh. to like help him go through his first Rom or Vulcan. Uh, you know, rapidly aging Spock is going through Vulcan pond fire, the yeah. the horny teenage phase they yeah. get every seven years, and she mind melds with him so. It's possible, but I think there's something, especially in the novelization, about her not having as much control because she's not full Vulcan and she's not steeped right. in the Vulcan. So maybe she's just getting half a mind meld. So she's getting a like a vaccine dose rather than the live okay. virus. Uh, also, uh, 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 that Ramda crazy r- religious Vulcan uh, was part of the the crew that went down there to get get the admonishment, and it seems like it affected her a lot more than than Rizzo. Yeah, yeah, and there's some discussion about that um, that we'll get to here in a bit. Um, but also, I wanted to note that there's there. Uh, actually, I'll save it for the next scene because we're about to go to Rizzo expositing over Ramda's bed and explaining how the artifact was disabled and what her and Narek's next moves are. Uh, so you mentioned that she was her aunt and. Uh, they also mention in this scene that, well, they, I say 
they, I mean, she mentions that her and Eric were taken as orphans um, by Ramda uh, when they were young. And I look at that and I see sort of the mirror we've got going on with Picard where mm. he's taken in two Romulans who were refugees after the crisis. Mm. Uh, and I, I wonder if they're going to ever play with any of those toys or if they just got them out of the tool chest not knowing what they were. I mean, it's not, it's, it's, uh, if, if you're looking to go more than one season, it's nice to have that stuff yeah. just there as archetypes that you can always, you know, delve a little bit deeper because also they, that would have, they'd have a lot in common with Elnor, mm-hmm. um, you know, that he's kind of like the, the good version of them, uh, being taken in. So, and you all, you also have the two sisters, Dodge and Soji as represent, you know, as kind of like the similar types of, um. Uh, relationship there so yeah they could do a lot with that if they want to uh let's talk about how Ramda and her crew i guess broke this board cube by the sheer force of their despair <sighs> which i'm not sure i understand how that works yeah like we're these disturbed romulans already disturbed and she mentioned like they picked the wrong Tal Shiar ship that day, and she said, I wish they'd picked mine, which implies that maybe this was some kind of group effort of Tal Shiar to storm the Spore Cube, or I, I don't be. know. And I, I, it also makes it sound like the Romulans didn't expect this to have this effect. Like, they just picked hers, and she's so crazy that it drove the Borg Cube insane. <laughs> it sounds like it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I thought that this was, you're supposed to understand that this was some kind of organic techno psychic virus that was uploaded and as a result drove all the Romulans insane, but it seems like maybe not. It sounds like it's the visions that they see. Um, yeah. I don't know because later Gerardi, uh kind of describes it as poison in her mind. Right. And I, I'm not sure how far she's trying to take that analogy. Is that, you know, something that, literally there's something that shouldn't be in her brain that's there now or is it just what she saw was so vile she's getting her legal defense for premeditated for, for first degree murder right right eyes eyes my right. line was poisoned <laughs> starfleet and security put me up to it uh okay let's move on to elnor being tracked down and captured and then suddenly seven shows up she's responding to this Fenris ranger uh beacon token thing just in time to save him yeah, I thought the the Romulan flashbang was cool. We got a little bit of uh, blood sport blind fighting. Uh-huh. And uh, then, yeah, Seven showing up at the dramatically appropriate time. Yeah. And you know, the, you want to make it exciting. Her way it. of absolute candor, uh, mm-hmm. his way of absolute candor, he just goes up and gives her a bear hug. Uh. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. And her being uncomfortable with it. Um, do you think that he's got a crush on Seven? I don't know. He, his personality is so childlike that i'm in most ways um i'm not sure what to make of him in any moment it would make sense because he's being raised by this coven of like mother superior figures Mm -hmm. uh that he grew essentially grew up with from childhood uh and then he meets this other kind of older very attractive lady who's different i could see i could see him having confused confused feelings about that yeah uh, and I'm also I'm also interested in seeing how much of a role Jerry Ryan continues to play because it seems like she might be an important figure oh, in the, the Star Trek universe now. Yeah, I, when we when we get to some later scenes with her, I want to talk about the the implications, the ramifications of her actions this episode. Okay, because they could be awesome. 
Uh, Picard and Soji are back on La Serena, and Rios can't concentrate when he sees Soji and tells Picard that he'll take him to the nearest starbase, but after that, he's out. He's on. You're on your own. Uh, Rafi tells Picard that Jurati is a Romulan spy, and they think she killed Bruce Maddox, which blows his fucking mind. I love how he sold her on, like, you know, you can trust me and to get things done. I've got this crew who loves me. And the second she beams up on the ship, the crew just immediately disintegrates. Like, Rios turns into the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, Robbie man. pulls a gun on her. Uh, it's like <laughs> the other person that you haven't met yet is is sedated because she probably tried to kill herself and, and murdered the other person that was going to join our crew. She'll probably try and kill you. Yeah, you sold, a, you sold me a false bill of goods, old man. <laughs> I'll go back to your ready room down in Troy world and and uh, take this new information into into that decision. Yeah, it's one of the things I was really thinking about this episode is how do I feel about this crew? And at the moment, they don't feel like a crew. No. Nah. Uh, like I look back at, you know, there, there's a lot of trust stuff here. Like um, there's some good stuff later on when uh, I, think, I think it's actually next scene when uh, Rafi is trying to convince Picard that, you know, Jurati's... Uh, trying to kill uh, Soji and did kill Bruce Maddox and he's in disbelief. Um, he's He doesn't trust her and there are a couple of lines that like really betray that. You know, it's like when when he's talking here in this scene or when she tells him what's up with with uh, Gerardi, he says, who is we? Like she, she's got all this information that she's laying out in front of him and then when he says like, she says something about like we think she killed Bruce Maddox and he's like who is we mm-hmm. which to me says I don't trust you show me mm-hmm. the person I'm gonna trust who I who can explain this to me and I'll yeah. believe yeah you know what it which feels... is a, a nice piece of writing it's yeah. just in those moments like they get some of these things right but I, I overall, feel mm-hmm. do you do you think I'm crazy because I feel like they really are going for uh uh firefly or yes that's exactly what, it, what i was thinking it's not this firefly, crew feels like uh like mal and jane oh, it is and like, firefly yeah uh-huh. like the early goings before right they down had to the... where you've got the spy in the midst right like exactly. you've got this this girl but, who you're not sure but even the is sets, gonna flip a switch and kill somebody even the sets like you look at the like the yeah. the mess hall area and you've got and it's very industrial mm-hmm. uh you've got like this lush comfortable rich setting which was like anara's bed chambers versus picard's right. ready room you've got the like super hygienic uh medical bay area mm-hmm. uh you've got like they've, they've got all in the, the like the brit you've got all these distinct areas and it reminds me so much like one-to-one of firefly and i think they're going to that kind of ragtag motley crew that's going to have a few touch and go experiences where they have to trust and rely on each other and then they're going to turn into yeah Mal's it's just career. that we're almost at the end of season one yeah and i kind of wanted to feel a little more comfortable in this space yeah more comfortable with these characters by now it um, is weird that you also have like two mouths like Rios and Picard are almost occupying the same role, except for I guess Picard's yeah, more of a think, shepherd type. Yeah, I was trying to think who the hell Picard would be. He's the, sh- the yeah, firefly like crew. he's not the captain, but he can get he can get the crew on his side in a hurry. And then uh-huh. what's the captain going to do besides grouse about my fucking ship? Probably what yeah. he'll do. <laughs> so then we go to, I guess, uh, six. Bay, where where Picard's having a very hard time believing that Gerardi was a spy, even though there's a lot of circumstantial evidence here. Uh, Rafi's skeptical of the new passenger and asks Picard if he even knows Soji. I was shocked that the EMH just turned on and started tattling on Agnes. Like, where the fuck were you, like, immediately after this, man? Yeah. You know, she killed a crew member 
by your lights. I don't know the way you even described it. It's like, you know, she turned me off and then she turned off this thing. And but, but it's like he was like hesitating to say that, like, she actually killed him. It's just weird. I would have been much preferred weird. if uh, they just hacked him and he has no memory. Like, you know, what what do you think happened? I don't know. My memories are is, is gone for that hour or something. No, all this all the writing on this show strikes me as plot first stuff, mm-hmm. um, just totally ignoring any any kind of details or character beats that they need to hit. It's like, what are we doing in this scene? Oh, I don't know. We need to get to this other scene, so why don't we just have this character do this thing? Mm-hmm. That they maybe should have done four scenes ago, yeah. or they should never do if we didn't have them do it four scenes ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, this show is really, really sloppily written. Yeah. Yeah, they don't, I don't know whether it's the talent or they didn't have enough time because a lot of us also yeah, feels like first know. pass kind of right like what's the first idea we can come up with and make this happen okay let's do it in some cases it's just like literally extras like you know uh, a character we've never met gives them a tip to where what planet to go to yeah you know like and sometimes it's cool like they have cool ideas yeah um, uh-huh. like we mentioned you know this stuff with the zadvash is actually pretty cool but like it's all about execution mm-hmm. on shows like this and I don't know. This episode didn't really do it for me. Um, so then we go to Picard requesting that Clancy put him in command of a squadron. And she does? Uh, maybe we should talk about this scene a little bit because I think there's some speculation that this that this uh, squadron is not going to be super friendly to Picard. Well, I don't think they're even going to meet up with him because it seems like at the end, Soji's going to take him into the Borg conduit and go right to the planet, no stopping by Deep Space 12, right? Yeah, I just think Picard is He's playing this like a little he deluded. Yeah, yeah. Like, like at the end of the scene, he he like like uh, high fives himself and he's clearly delighted that he got uh, Clancy to do what he wanted him to do, but yeah, I could believe it because, okay, here's the thing. I think I think Admiral Clancy is on the side of angels. You know, her conversation with O seemed to 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 hint towards that. How much has O infiltrated the Federation? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, to what extent are we going to see? Are we, are, to the extent where they can sanction a a hit on a first contact, mm. um, you know, through through whatever uh, Rios old command commanding officer's name was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that's a lot of power. I'm wondering, like, if um, wouldn't we if we see the fleet, the squadron in action, and like there's a lieutenant uh, Rizzo on board, like I'm going to be suspecting like sabotage and dropping shields and all kinds of shit. Oh yeah, um, we'll we'll see, we'll see. We will. Uh, I don't think I'm trying to recollect if Picard has ever called anyone a waste of space before, <laughs> which he does in this episode. Are let me let me ask you this: Are they going to? go to this arrogant bullheaded Picard joke every single time he interacts with Clancy seems like it's it. already starting to get old oh really I, I thought me. this was pretty funny the fact that he was making argument after argument and yes he just need to shut the fuck up and I get it but that's what they have done the last two times the only mm-hmm. two times that these two have met third time's not a charm in this case yeah third time might be too far let's let's back off that joke hmm. uh but well, if you're right about the squadron being betrayed, I imagine the next time they talk, it'll like she might even like. Will she command the squadron? Because I could see her like literally dying for this mistake, and then in which case, you know, do admirals typically command squadrons that go I out mean, in the field? Usually, if you have more than one ship, you need someone. You need a captain of captains, and that's either a commodore 
It could be a Commodore. Commodore <laughs> O is going to personally yeah, gonna take, the, take this shit seriously. She's going to personally command Ooh. the squadron. Seems risky. Yeah, forget that's 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 the real red flag. Forget about Rizzo. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so then Rafi goes to tell Rios uh, about Gerardi, but she mistakes Enoch the emergency navig emergency navigation navigational hologram. I think it's just like I don't know what's the emergency. It seems like this is yeah. just crew when you need it, and it comes. It's a default right. setting of the ship. Like, why is it emergency? Is there is there such a thing as a hospitality emergency? No. That's what I want to know. No, it should just be... I, I, I don't know why they're leaning into the emergency. It's it's to have a connection to the Voyager emergency mm -hmm. medical... But that would, that made sense. Like, right. the fucking Voyager had a chief medical officer that got killed. Uh, so, in an emergency, you need the medical it's, officer it's to... It's just that that emergency lasted seven seasons. Exactly. Right? Because they were... Right. Out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So, like, what is the... Like, these guys are just the crew. There's, uh -huh. like, there's no primary. It's just they're the... They're the you call them secondary yeah. or maybe bad, but emergency? I don't know. Yeah, Weird. anyway, she, so she mistakes Enoch for uh, Rios and tells him all about Gerardi. And then she shows Enoch a drawing that the Romulans were doing of eight circles. And he explains the concept of an octanary star system to her. And she connects some dots. Mm -hmm. Apparently, there's some ancient Romulan star charts that claim that there was a eight star system. But yeah. can't can't trust those apocryphal Romulan star charts. Like, I, <laughs> like what does that even mean? Ancient star? Like, did they... I'm, I'm thinking like the, the ancient uh, and what does ancient mean when you're talking about st starfaring Romulans? I feel like it's, did they have if, like scrolls, like map yeah. scrolls that have been? If you were to look at one of those here be dragons, yeah, uh, maps from you know 300 years ago or something, yeah, you'd you'd be looking at essentially what this is, right? Like if the, if someone in the 24th century were talking about 21st century star charts, would they say, yeah, you know, like this shit's on the internet? You're talking about like Google Sky Map, like <laughs> what, what are we talking about here? Yeah. The sky view of, of mm -hmm. that octanary star system is fucked up. It's mm -hmm. really cool. You should go look at it. <laughs> uh, then Rizzo finds out that Seven is helping Elnor, and Seven goes to a room where she monkeys with the Borg cube systems, claiming she's stealing it, and the cube begins regenerating. Yeah, go hotwire this baby and take off. Yeah. Gone uh, in 60 minutes. This gets me super excited, and maybe we can start talking about it here. Is, do you think there's any chance that Picard ends up as part of the crew on a Borg ship. Oh, wow. How fucked up would that be? Talk about being in hell. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> would be wild. Being forced onto a Borg ship. That would be wild. I do think, like, she just became the ultimate Fenris Ranger, though. Oh, yeah. Like, like seven nine, cube? big upgrade from the little fighter skiff she had. Now she's just tooling hell around yeah. in, like, a partially regenerated Borg cube. That's fucking, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. A lot of potential here. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Let's see, let's see how they squander it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Picard and Soji talk about how hard it is to figure out who she is now that she knows her memories are fake. And he, Picard says that she has a story that's waiting to be discovered and then tells her about data. And Soji, I, I, it seems to affect Picard, says that data loved him. 
I don't know how, I don't know why this would affect him so, coming from someone who doesn't know either of them. Yeah, but like they've also got this mechanic where the more she knows, the more she knows. So like, uh-huh. I don't know whether she did, this just jogged a neural connection and now she's got some fragment of data because she's already doing the head nod. They've established that there. She couldn't have met data. I like. No, but like, what is that even like? She could just have all of his primary coding locked away in some secondary function of her positronic fucking brain. Like. Maybe? I think that's what they're going for. Okay. It's like after like, you know, Picard starts talking about him and she has this in unique, ineffable insight like, you know, she does uh, about it. And but you, you, you're you right. You're right. Uh, I thought it was a great scene up until that that part, because I was kind of like, oh, oh, yeah, he totally loved you. Like Picard's oh. heart swells three times its size. What's <laughs> right. But I, you're right. I do love the stuff that comes before it. Mm-hmm. Um, Picard recognizing that you know he's similar to data in some ways especially when it comes to showing his emotions to his crew right his his capacity for expressing and processing emotion was limited i suppose that's what we had in common that's that's a great line and it really Mm -hmm. shows how really rigidly uh compartmentalized picard was with his crew yeah and and that's all over TNG. Like that. Oh yeah. That strikes me as just so Picard. That was one of the fun things about Vosh is like that's whenever her character would show up, the crew got to see the other sides of the their captain that he always tried to hide. Yeah. And literally tried to hide even that when she was on board. <laughs> and him. He fell for another woman uh, and played her the flute like this musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and like they dealt with those issues right. Like they they said okay we can't do this sneaking around thing. And, yeah whatnot um ultimately they decided to take their careers over their their mutual love of course of course uh yes and it's moments like this that where i look at it and i say man they have some really nice moments in this show some really good moments of writing they just can't quite connect everything yeah and i do think these people are genuine star trek fans i was watching last week's uh uh, ready room with will wheaton and he Mm -hmm. had uh, jonathan frakes and brent spiner on and that Mm -hmm. that was just a really fun episode to watch but all three of them talk about like i I guess uh, frakes didn't direct that episode but he was in the room while they were shooting like Mm -hmm. data and picard playing poker and he said that you know shaban and akir kiva i can't i don't know the three the three big the big three that's running star trek now Mm -hmm. were just kind of like in the wings like oh how cool it was and it's like okay oh yeah sometimes that can be a detriment if like someone's too like much of a fan um i I don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know what's going on maybe their heart's in the right place and they just don't don't have the the talent or the budget for yeah i i I would believe that these people are big star trek fans like the Mm -hmm. references they're making just tell me that this is not someone who just binge watched yeah. the next generation yeah. and picked up a few things. And while they, they were do texting nail, the they do though nail those like every, every once in a while there's, they're, they're set up something like this, which is a, a really good scene for Stu- Patrick Stewart and the dialogue's reasonable and they yeah. knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. All right. Then Rafi meets Ian, the engineering hologram, uh, and asks where Rios is. He's hiding in his cabin. Ian says that Rios knows Soji from somewhere and Rafi talks herself into the idea that the octanary star system would have to be built, and you'd only want to do that if you were trying to leave someone a warning. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a Scotty homage, right? It's got to be. Like, yeah. you got a the Scottish engineer. engineer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's nice. Like yeah, it. and it makes sense because, like, these, uh, you know, the, the old series crew to, like, future generations are kind of like, you know, the World War II generation. Like, everyone's going to know about, you know, Patent and, or Patton and, and uh, Eisenhower and, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, the, the didn't, I, I, I haven't been a while, but, like, they found Scotty in some kind of 
transporter buffer and a Dyson sphere. They did. Did I forget what I know? Jordy was annoyed with him by the time by the episode being over. But like, was there any kind of like hero worship with? Oh yeah. Okay, I, I thought but so. But it, it very quickly, yeah, turned yeah. to like He's annoyance with yeah. with this guy who just wants to tell his old war stories. Essentially. Right, like, right, right, right. Uh, and I think they give him a shuttle and send him off somewhere. Yeah. Um, like I wonder if like in this universe they have like fictionalized novelization accounts that like all of Starfleet Academy reads and you know so like Rios is thinking oh, I need a chief engineer. Oh yeah, make him make him me but Scottish. Yeah, and then Rafi tries to get a drink, but she blocked booze from her replicator. Big mistake. Good, uh, good move. Good yeah. for you, Rafi. <laughs> Still, this, no one's blocking her from the snake leaf pipe. No, I mean, no. she can replicate yeah. all the snake leaf she wants. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I still haven't feel like I got a good handle on the relative harm of snake leaf. Because, mm-hmm. like, I first thought it was like just space marijuana, which like, okay, cool. But then they make it seem like it's a big deal. And but then the crew just doesn't care that she's smoking. Uh, vaping that thing on at at the helm. Uh-huh. She's vaping that thing around the dinner table. Like nobody. Mission critical operations. Yeah, yeah. Why she's trying to analyze data to figure out this conspiracy? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. Snake Leaf's. Uh, it's all right. Uh, yeah. So the the emergency uh, hospitality hologram explains that uh, how all the emergency holograms were created and why they don't have all the knowledge of each other. Uh, and then he says that Rios needs someone to talk to and uh, someone who doesn't look like himself, crucially. Someone who looks more like Rafi. I, what do you think about the rationale for all these hollow things? That there's a default setting and you can essentially custom, customize their looks and he accidentally made them all look like him. And I kind of like it. Then went through and like, hey, I don't want these guys to bring up painful things. So I'll just selectively delete the shit that they know. I, th- I think it mostly makes sense, too. Yeah. It would be weird having five versions of me around with different accents, with half of my memories. Uh, it it might get old pretty quick. Yeah. I think I might end up tweaking the defaults a little bit at some yeah. point. Yeah. Maybe, I just thought maybe Snake Leaf comes in varieties. Like you got uh, the cotton mouth. Is this the hallucinogenic the, kind you she's put, on? You, put, you get the cotton mouth that puts it in the couch. Uh-huh. You got the viper, makes you hyper. Maybe okay. maybe she's just sticking with the Viper strain, and they don't, you know, they don't they don't care so much. Yeah, could be. Uh, so then Rios drinks a lot in his cabin, and busts out his memory box, which contains a drawing of him and Soji together. Dun, dun, dun. I love his collection of mermaids. He's got like a glass blown mermaid from every starport and planet of mm-hmm. scattered around. Because that makes sense. The the siren. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, he's got the uh, he's got the. Uh, uh, Starfleet locker with his uniform, of course, a cigar box full of mementos, and then the shocking reveal that he served with Captain Mike Pence. <laughs> I, uh, the, the, I, I, I can only assume it's the clone of Mike Pence, like Mike mm-hmm. Pence the, the sixth, but this guy's yeah. fucking still kicking around in the 24th century. Can you believe it? Uh, I did notice a couple of other things in his lockbox here. Uh-huh. He has a lot of pips. Uh, More than will fit on a collar, right? Absolutely. I thought, I thought so too. Makes me wonder, like, are they using pips and communicators as like dog tags? Are these? Did these belong to his fallen That's what comrades I was, or his captain? Yeah, I was thinking or, maybe they're his and the captain's pips. The other option, I guess, would be that maybe these are his as he as he oh. moved up through the ranks. But I think they, I wouldn't think they would replace. All I would think they just, just add yeah. them. Yeah, you just keep getting more pips. 
So this might be his his, his old ones mm-hmm. and his captain's old pips. Yeah. He's got uh, a communicator. I don't know if that'll ever be important, but... Yeah, we'll see. Uh, then we go to Seven, who figures out how to create a micro-collective on the ship, but she's not sure she wants to because the ramifications of assimilation, both for the the assimilated, reassimilated Borg and herself. Yeah, and she knows firsthand, like, being deborgified is not easy, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I'm ignorant of Voyager. Uh, that's big rev- revelation, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if Seven ever got a chance to step into the Queen's throne. Yeah. But it seems like something that she knows would be seductive to having that much power. Yeah. Uh, at your fingertips. And, and at your spinal fusions. <laughs> and also not just power, but like that connection to yeah. so many people. And this is why there, there's one thing that they do really fucking well in this episode. And it's when uh, Rizzo launches all of those Borg into space. Mm hmm. She didn't have to wait that long. She didn't have to wait until Seven connected to those boards, but she did. I it. thought it was deliberate too. Yeah. Holy shit, that's dark. Yeah, just. I to want fuck you to feel seven. the collective mm-hmm. pain of all of these Borg being shot into space. Yeah, yeah. As you're connected to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I have to imagine that connection is pretty intense when you're in a hive mind situation. Oh, it's got to be. Uh, and then we go to Rafi gathering all of the emergency holograms and Picard study to try and figure out how Rios knows Soji. And there's something that happened on his old ship, the Ibn Majad, Majid, I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, which caused him to suffer a mental breakdown afterward. And we already knew that all records are classified, and they all have bits and pieces of it, but no one's got the full answer. I don't have the full answer either. I really want to know at the end when she says, I mean, it's not even the language what she means are they just taking a shot at the scottish yeah accent yeah it's like scottish people twitter on reddit like you know they do everyone's like this is all recognizable is that english funny and cool i i think it's i think it's a shot at somebody because they have an accent is strange to me but okay i don't know there's good way i don't know because like there's honestly i've seen like some scottish people uncomfortable with it too so i just think that there's something interesting to an english speaking person uh, where you've got this language that's so close but not quite and but you can that you can understand them and then every once in a while they go so yeah. deep in the vernacular that like I can tell there's a subject and there's a predicate and there's a verb but what the there's so much shit in there that you don't get um, I don't know yeah. I thought that was funny yeah I, I don't know it doesn't feel very Star Trek to me mm. because Star Trek would have crazy aliens who sometimes don't speak English most of the time do um, with with a perfect you know uh, American accent and dialect, mm-hmm. uh, but but Picard and and Star Trek in general never really pointed at them and laughed and said, "Oh, it's so weird and funny that you have this accent or that you have this weird cultural affectation or something like that." This this feels like a different Star Trek, and I need to just I guess start getting my head around the fact that these people are not Starfleet. They don't hold the they, same values. They are not, no. Yeah, they they maybe don't They're high adhere on to the same leaf. protocols. <laughs> They're high on snake leaf 98% of the time. Yep, yep. Yeah, uh, so that's, that's on me, I guess. And then Gerardi wakes well, up. Do you think it's weird that they actually, like... Do they still have accents in the 24th century? Earth has been united as a global government for so long that... Although, I guess, if you have universal translators... And no one bothers to learn a second language, then maybe that would mm. blunt some of that. But I would think there'd yeah. be like an Earther dialect, 
uh, that's distinct from like a Vulcan dialect and Robert, like most of these worlds yeah. are kind of like all sound the same. So the idea that you'd have this like blend of you know, Gaelic and, and English the way it is in the 20th, 20th, 21st century. I mean, that shit's already dying out, you know? I bet you could have like what, something around like planets. Yeah, you might have an Earther dialect. You might have mm-hmm. like a Martian dialect, yeah. you know, like the Expanse does with the Belters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that kind of stuff when you're separated by physical space. Right. But you're right. The Earth would be so blended at that point, hundreds of years from now, that you it, it wouldn't be recognizable really to us. Yeah. It'd be something something more homogenized. Yeah, like even Chekhov with his heavy Russian accent and Scotty with his, you know, heavy Scottish burr. burr, burr see, fe- feels kind of anachronistic, but... A little bit. Uh, so then Gerardi wakes up and Picard tells her that they're going to the base, uh, DS-12, and she's going to surrender herself there for the murder of Maddox. And Picard can't understand why she'd do such a thing. So Gerardi tells him about the mind meld with O, how it poisoned her mind with visions of hell caused by synthetics. Picard's face when she asked him if she, he believes in hell is so good. <laughs> I want I, I, I want to uh, have Cecily capture that and make it into an image macro for me because it's just a perfect, like, come on, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, he didn't it's... until Soji walked in and declared, <laughs> "I am the I am Sebchenab destroyer." <laughs> like I was about to say, it's like, have you not read my file? I I disproved the devil. Like you know, right. uh, he came to yeah. George with this fiddle, and I said, "You don't exist." And poof. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be funny. I believe in hell, and it's the bridge of the Enterprise when Q shows up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's naked. Uh, he's dressing me up as a mariachi band, <laughs> doing a flamenco dance. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Wharfs like six women deep back there for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's hell. I don't like it. I've lost control. Riker's all jealous. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's a lot of talk about in this scene. This idea, like this, is some event horizon shit right here. Mm-hmm. When she's talking about hell, and Picard repeats her, "Hell will come again." I'm I'm just thinking of Picard tearing at his face, clawing at his eyes, uh, going full Sam Neil in this scene. And I would love to see, I hope this goes dark. I hope it goes as fucking dark as these writers can take it. Because I would love to see 85-year-old Patrick Stewart dealing with hell. Yeah. Like, just in hell. Yeah. Just just go chew that scenery. Chew it Shakespeare style. How do you... How do you persuade? How do you talk to the devil? Like, Picard's tools won't work against the devil, right? You can't well, reason with the devil. Yeah. Um, I, but that's the thing. It's like the devil's not real. The devil, mm-hmm. the, they'll pull off his rubber face, space mask and it'll just be Soji. But know? I don't know what this is. Like, I, that's the thing. What could you, I'm trying to think in these scenes, what could you show me that I would think was a literal hell that, that would make me claw at my face and bash myself with rocks? I don't know that there's anything you could show me that that would be the case, aside from some Lovecraftian thing that I don't, I can't comprehend. Yeah. And in that case, yeah, hell, hell is probably an apt description. What if like the AI arrange for like all of the stars in all inhabited star systems, the supernova bombarding the galaxy, oh, gamma okay. radiation and extinguishing all life except for the synthetics? Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're going for. Think like so? the idea that like trillions and trillions of people all dying at the hand of this thing that we created. And and because, like, yeah, I, like I said, this goes to my bias towards how I interpreted this myth. But I thought Soji and her ilk are the destroyer collectively, not yeah. like a third party is going to come in and put the kibosh on it. But 
if is you're it? if you're wrong if I'm wrong about that and Seb Shineb is going to be an actual manifestation of some alien uh, force that that comes and tries to the 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 police the galaxy then yeah I don't know it's, I don't know it's how much worse it than the Borg it could certainly be Borg are the fucking synthetics. horrifying uh-huh. yeah I mean Borg nearly ex- exterminated the entire human race mm-hmm. um, yeah I I don't know it's going to be interesting and I hope they do quite a bit with this concept and it seems like they might mm-hmm. uh, I also noticed that there seems to be some kind of difference here between the mind meld that O and Jurati experience versus what you would experience with say a Spock or a Sarek um, in that she puts up this psychic block in addition to the mind meld which keeps oh, her from talking right. about it Yeah. Um, th- there's just a little extra spice on this mind first, meld first rule of mind meld can't talk about mind meld <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, she does instill the Fight Club rules here. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm curious what else could be going on with her, and if it might explain some of the weird. I think so. Bipolar. I think so. Which, which I think I don't know. This character, how the hell are they going to keep her out of prison? Like, I, I keep thinking that like she's a pretty famous person. She's a big name on the cast. Are they really going to write her off like Tasha Yar style at the end of the first season, or are they going to come up with some horse shit? you know maquis uh pardon type of thing the like janeway style that like uh picard will just find a way to have a a, a murder on the crew the crew I because mean, what, if, what if ds12 is destroyed by the zatvash romulans mm. and just you don't know but it's like again i don't know i don't know because Star Trek does do that sometimes, where it's like Worf will just straight up murder somebody. Yeah, takes off his sash and his communicator, and like I'm not Starfleet anymore. And, I'm, and, and Picard's like, "Hey, you can't fucking do this as a Starfleet officer." He goes and murders a dude, and yeah. Picard's like, "Well, here's your commission back. It's not the decision I'd make, but here's your, you know, <laughs> right. you, you turned in your badge while you did it." So like, there is yeah. a history of like heinous crimes being committed. I think Riker raped a woman, mm-hmm. and they they, they 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 disproved that he murdered her husband, but they did not at all resolve <laughs> the he said. She said rape scenario. Right. And, Picard, and Riker's like, didn't kill the guy. Woo, I'm out of here. So, like, there's precedent for criminal behavior amongst the flag, o- the, the the bridge officers anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. So, so we've got talk of Deep Space 12, which if you're familiar with Deep Space 9, you know, these are kind of outskirts uh, uh, Starship or yeah, Starfleet bases. Better, so. Yeah, this is the... They have at least 12. I don't Mm -hmm. know how many they have now. Um, Is there any chance that this is sort of them paving the road to get to a DS9 character or two in the future? But why? Because Deep Space Nine is already weird because it's not even a Starfleet base. It's a Cardassian base. So like, in fact, I'm going to kind of go ape shit if we go, we roll up on Deep Space 12 and it looks like Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Because that's just like someone not understanding the fucking lore, man. Right. And I'm not talking Data's brother. I'm talking you know, the, 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 the lore. Uh, so I don't know. And like, can you make a career just being a star base guy? Like there's just, it's like going in the Navy and you're either, uh, there's like three paths. You're either like a destroyer guy or you're an aircraft carrier guy, which means you're a Naval aviator or you're a submarine guy. And there's very little crossover in any of those paths. Hmm. Um, so like, Hey, yeah, I got the, uh, O'Brien's like, ah, shit, I got assigned to deep space nine. I guess I'm a, I'm a star base guy now. Right. It's wanting to be a, a starship guy, but I, yeah. What's is, the, is Armin Shimmerman still alive? 
Now that would be a good because you could do Quark. He might just, still be there running his his operation. Yeah, or he's trying to like he's he's there trying to get a franchise off the ground. He is still alive. <laughs> yeah, over at Deep Space Twelve, like yeah. he got drummed off at Deep Space Nine. Yeah, for, no, no, he's just expanding. Odo finally, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe he is expanding. Maybe he's franchising. Yeah, franchise. Uh, maybe we can they see. Tried, he tried the Vegas location. It went it went uh, bankrupt, and now uh-huh. he's trying Deep Space Twelve. Yeah, I mean, you could probably see like Odo might be a starbase guy for life. I can yeah. see him being the constable at the at Deep Space Nine for a long ass time. Mm-hmm. He really enjoys it, especially when Quark's ver- around. Another version of Dax, you could see uh-huh. there. Uh, yep. I don't know. I, I guess I wouldn't put up too much a fight if uh, like O'Brien shows up or something like that. He's just kicking around. He's a starbase guy now. Yeah, we'll see. So these next few scenes, I think, structurally are really well written, though. I'm not sure what they're doing with Jurati. I think this flip-flop of her emotional state is really weird. Um, doesn't strike me as a very coherent character. But structurally, it's really cool how they're cutting back and forth between uh, Rios telling Rafi that how he got kicked out of Starfleet after his CO killed a couple of synthetics in a Black Flag Starfleet operation, um, and and he covered up his suicide afterward. Um, and then there, on the other side of this is Jurati asking Soji questions about her behavior and biology and promising that she would never try to kill her again. Uh, the, structurally, I like how they're sort of making both of these reveals simultaneously. Because mm-hmm. you've got, you know, a guy who's tried to defend her and and an assassin who promises never to try to assassinate her. Yeah. Uh, and how much you believe her, I guess, is up to you. I do think that they're like you're right. I like the structure and I like the dialogue, but I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stupid shit that they've introduced here because of their own timeline. So I understand that like this uh, uh, what was her name? It's Jana. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Soji clone and her other companion, which is named Beautiful Flower. Yeah, I didn't understand. Like you got Beautiful Flower and Jana. I, I was wondering if this That's was crazy. Like literally. An, an alien that is like more plant than uh, humanoid. But I, I thought they were both synths. Yeah. It'd be like going like to meet a new... It's like just an, a hippie synth. It'd be like going to meet an Indian tribe and it's like, you know, this is a storm cloud and also my companion yeah. Frank. Like, mm-hmm. what? You got a beautiful flower in Jana? It was weird and I didn't fully understand. And, and they're only together for like two or three hours. Yeah. And they had a bit. They probably had a whole banquet because that's what you first do with the first contact. You say, "Hey, let's go eat." At some point, Rios got sketched, and then uh-huh. there was an assassination. And yet, he had time to learn her preference as far as fries and peppermint ice cream. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot <laughs> of cultural exchange. I mean, you got a banquet. A lot of shit sitting out. I guess that's you true. just watch. Yeah, what they're what they're eating. Yeah, was that like? Did she know that was her favorite? Like, you know, oh my god, you got French fries and peppermint ice cream. First contact situation here. Let's put these two yeah. great tastes together. I mean, as as well as the the structure was created in this scene, mm-hmm. uh, this intercutting thing. I think it might have been better serviced by some flashbacks. It it might have given mm-hmm. us a little more insight into who Rios was. Um, you know, as as you mentioned, how the scenario even took place. Uh, giving us a lot more 
understanding of Rios if we had seen this rather than just having him explain it? Honestly, I think they have done kind of a poor job of of portraying Rios's pathos. Like he's been yeah. he just is a guy that reads a bunch of highfalutin books on philosophy and nihilism and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it might have been nice to see him waking up from one of these nightmares. He says he has all the time where right. he sees his captain's brain splattered on the grain. He's got a gun. And, like it would have been kind of cool. They don't have to tell us why. They don't, certainly don't have to introduce uh, you know, Soji's face into it, but it was no. a lot. It was in a single episode. They really moved this character a lot, and it's always better to kind of do that slowly and gradually. I think. Yeah. Um, I guess let's move on here to Rizzo killing a shitload of XBs, seven notices, and interfaces directly with the cube, becoming uh, Borg Queen. I guess is what I would call her for the moment to take over the drones. However, Rizzo She's opens the airlock. She's the emergency temporary Borg wing. <laughs> uh, Rizzo opens the airlock, sending the Borg drones flying into space. Oh, wow. That was, like I said, that's really metal when the whole fucking Borg cube unzips. and Because I was, like, excited. Uh-huh. I was like, holy shit. Seven leading an army of Borg against the Romulans. This is going to be so fucking cool. And as soon as I was thinking it, the whole thing just unzipped and sucks them out uh-huh. to space. And you see Seven screaming because, yeah, of course. I don't know what that feels like, but yeah. bad. And bad. then when I realized, like, this was the intention of Rizzo, I was like, oh, fuck. Mm. Dark. Mm-hmm. really fucking dark uh and then she just immediately bounces right like she no she i think she's trying to kill i don't Elmer know what still. the fuck I, happened to rizzo she got beamed magically away from certain death the previous episode we don't really resolve that and did, then i feel like i missed something three episodes ago that says she just has this personal teleporter yeah, that takes maybe, her out maybe but yeah like the borg have her down and i thought there was like am i going to see like a like a zombie tearing a person apart scene in star trek like there's no brakes on this train now that they're online yeah. uh but no nah, she just fucking warped out again if anybody knows did i miss anything like Write in and let me know because me I'm too. genuinely confused about why she keeps being magically transported out at the right moment. They explain it. I thought it was Narek before, uh-huh. but obviously she never got transported over to Narek's ship, and Narek's nowhere in the vicinity now. So, yeah. I don't know what the fuck is happening. I think it's a, se- a season six, uh, episode seven, Voyager that you got to see. There's uh, like I'm a gonna five, go like, watch hundred yeah, hours this, of Voyager this, this, this week. This is the the straw. Yeah, this this Rizzo uh, Romulan just appears in the 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 the, <laughs> the bridge through some kind of hyperspace tunnel, and huh. at some point, oh, is she being transwarped out. She's being transwarped out. Yeah, obviously. at some point, Bolana installs a transwarp conduit up her ass, uh-huh. and then she gets she gets time warped away. And boy, that was a weird episode of Voyager, huh? <laughs> but you know, that's what that's what you do when you try. You have the temerity to talk about Star Trek without having seen all all of Voyager. Oh God! Oh, uh, I want to talk about. We skipped past it, but uh, Agnes going over and marveling at Soji's design and all that kind of stuff. And then at the end, Soji's like, so now that you know yeah. me, I know we've already talked about this, uh-huh. but I forgot that now that you know me, are you going to kill me? And Agnes says, I swear, now that I know your person, I'll never... You just killed Bruce Maddox, yeah, who was a whole you? ass person that you were in love with. These assurances mean nothing, you crazy people. Yeah. Like, what the hell? You're, she's still the destroyer. That's why you killed Bruce Maddox. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe yeah, the mind I, the mind meld's wearing off. I mean, the, yeah, they so they pulled the tracking stuff out of her, right? Uh-huh. Uh, the the mind meld might be wearing off. I yeah. don't know, but there is absolutely no reason that Soji should believe her. No, here. absolutely none. She doesn't believe Picard, Mm-mm. and Picard's shown nothing. Picard's a been with her for more than eighteen seconds, right? And B has shown nothing but care and love and kindness to her, and hasn't the previous twenty four hours killed her lover and then tried to kill herself, <laughs> right? It's fucked up. I don't know why she would believe her here. But I think Soji's like, um, she says something like, I would never give you that opportunity. I hope she keeps yeah. her head on a swivel because I don't I don't trust Agnes further and I can no, far I don't either. throw her. Farther throw her. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I try and quite throw a, her. Quite a distance in zero G too. That's Still, true. I don't Just know. open the airlock and really get her moving. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, Girardi tells the crew that she's going to turn herself in when they get to DS-12 and she apologizes for betraying them. And the crew explains to Soji everything that Jurati saw in her vision and the creation of the Zadvash, as well as their involvement in the attack on Mars. Soji takes control of Rio's ship and points him at the nearest Borg transwarp conduit. Uh, there's some shenanigans here, but basically they end up going through that that conduit. Mm-hmm. There, there was a couple. There were a couple of funny moments. Um, I really like Picard sitting down. Head full of steam, ready to go. Uh-huh. Realizes he's never operated a starship right. in his fucking life, uh-huh. or since since he was in the academy, right? Yeah. Uh, he did start. He did steer the Enterprise out of that uh, draining asteroid field. He, he has. But and yeah, every once in a while, he's, he's, he he's takes mas- over like enemy control of the helm, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'll get in here and do this. Uh-huh. I'm the captain. Of course, I can do it at the yeah. best. Yeah. He's yeah. he's he's a Lycar pro. He doesn't know the new finger wavy version. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, Soji, she doesn't commandeer a starship nearly as well as Data. You got you got to lock out all access right. with like a fifty char- alphanumeric character phrase, man. Mm-hmm. You can't just like, I don't know. You're a synth. Come on. Yeah. You didn't see that nursery rhyme coming a mile away. I really like the nursery rhyme. I thought that it's was something cool. that no one would ever guess. And, and and it gives him instant control over his entire ship again. Right. I'm trying to think of like a, a band of Klingon pirates. And they've locked him out of his thing, and he just starts singing the song. Like uh-huh. they're just going to punch him in the face, and not, like you're not going to get through all three verses before they're just like, well, "Shut up, human!" You know? A little long, but little uh, long. yeah, it's it's cool that he has like a super private lockout, lockout. Yeah, uh, I did talk about how kind of cool it is that this ancient race uses essentially a, a, a constructed solar system, star system to uh, signpost their message. Sure. For future generations, a lot of future generations. But if you think about how long, like, it would take to construct something like that, it tells me a couple of things about this destroyer phenomenon. Either the destroyers take their sweet ass time destroying things Mm -hmm. to where they have enough time to line up all these fucking planets or all these suns, stars around this one location, or doing that is like writing a scribbling a quick note to whatever civilization constructed that star system. I think actually I have no problem with the latter because like I already can't conceive the forces and technology required to do that. The thing that they did. Yeah. So the fact that they can do it in like the exact same way that the dwarf scrumbled drums in the deep at, you know, as they're dying in Helden's deep or no, uh, Kazakh doing whatever the fuck. It's Uh Lord of the Rings. I'm, I, I, Guys, we got want to have Voyager fan. I got Voyager fans after me. Want to have fucking Tolkien fans after me? It's fucking the 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 mine. How, the how mine. would that how would that work? Could you conceivably like transport 
planets into place? Could you just like like figure out, okay, what are the orbital dynamics here? Transport these and just let gravity do its work. Because mm. like that'd probably be the easiest way to move a planet, right? Just get a really big transporter buffer. <laughs> Or just Fill create stuff them. in full of a planet, like like create that, star, that mass directly from energy, and you just have a ton of energy. But it is weird because yeah. I'm thinking like, okay, like imagine like a Q that's being killed, and he's like, mm -hmm. I could believe a Q could do something like that, and it's the equivalent of oh, like yeah. scribbling on a wall in blood, a fraction of a second. But what the fuck could a synthetic life form do to Q? So it's like, yeah, it is wild <laughs> that this is such a extreme threat that it can take out a society that can do these impossible things. Mm -hmm. Ah, uh, it's it it, it it beggars the imagination. Yeah, I'm really gonna be, uh, almost watching through my fingers to to see how they try and pull off the explanation of how the power levels of these two things, mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't. Well, I don't when the destroyer finally shows up, you're gonna be disappointed when it's just Soji and Devil Horns. Yeah, she's just literally <laughs> she's and, literally wearing and, a, a Halloween prop and not so beautiful <laughs> flower standing beside yeah. her. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh. Let's move on to Rizzo being ambushed and pinned down by the XBs and beamed out. Um, let's not dwell on that too much because it's just an action scene. Uh, cool action scene. I kind of liked it. Um, then the Romulan fleet leaves and Seven declares the cube to be hers and detaches from the micro collective. Yeah, I like Elnor's. Are you going to assimilate me now? And mm -hmm. she she uh, lets lets herself go because Annika has more work to do. Interesting. Mm -hmm. She's speaking of herself in the third person. Uh, I yeah, it's a very Borg thing to do. She still got, she still got a uh, cube full of some half Borg and a cube like that's yeah. not nothing. Oh yeah, a cube that seems like it's gonna fully repair itself. Yeah, yeah, it's a formidable ship for sure. Powerful ally to have. And then might finally, be able to defeat a whole squadron of Romulan ships. You'd say. Oh shit. Wolf, Wolf DS12. <laughs> that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Uh, all right, Picard and Rios talk about Captain Vandermeer, Starfleet's actions, and the dangers of synthetic life. And then Soji walks in and declares that they've arrived. And they go through the transwarp conduit, uh, and they're followed by Narek. I think. I think it's Narek's ship. Yeah. Yeah, he's been quiet. How did he follow them? I don't know. They don't have the tracking thing anymore? The fidget, cube, the fidget cube is also... Uh, synth tracking device too yeah i don't know i don't know that's a great point because they they thought they lost him they didn't um it's interesting because they mentioned that this uh boar conduit might damage the ship i wonder mm -hmm. what kind of hay they'll make with that like are they going to arrive at this planet come like disabled or uh what's what's going on with that but uh um, i don't know it seems like rios might have had that under control like yeah. he's telling her oh you're gonna go through this without uh counting for gravimetric so he's gonna do all that before yeah i think so like he's the pilot he knows like how to pilot a starship yeah, where she might not i really like the scene though like i thought that yeah. picard looking at the, the new warp effect is really cool looking mm -hmm. and then him reminiscing about standing night watch as an ensign and then uh, -huh. uh then bonding over the fact that his captain served with one of picard's old but starfleet buddies and um, then they talked about like what we've been kind of discussing all season long, Starfleet's betrayal of their internal principles. Like it makes yes. it very explicit that in Picard's opinion, uh, they have ran away from the things that that made them great. Um, yeah, his line, all they have is fear and fear is the great destroyer, not yeah. something which I assume he was going to say Soji until she walked in. But yeah, we have that's openness. A, this is the Picard I like. Yeah, we have openness, optimism, curiosity. All they have is secrecy and fear. It's yeah, a, it's it's great. It's great. 
And that is where we leave the episode. Uh, did, did she pull out that fucking broken compass and it pointed it towards the, the Borg conduit? <laughs> Jesus. Like, is this going to be some kind of fucking I artifact? I see that. Yeah, I, 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 she pulled it out of pocket and the green arrow went right towards the the uh, the transwarp conduit on the screen. I'm like, ah. What was that guy's name? This, Captain Cranston? Yeah. Captain, this Captain Craster? This Captain Craster has got some magic compass. Get this his dark material shit Maybe out of my Star Q. Trek, man. Maybe that is Q. He's got the magic compass. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Also, yeah, I don't, I don't know that because uh, I didn't get this on first watch, but they are not going to meet with Clancy's squadron. They're bypassing yeah. Deep Space Twelve and going right towards this this homeworld, and they're going to be intercepted by all of the Romulans. Mm-hmm. So. I really don't know what, like, I don't know. I hope this uh, synth planet's got, like, some kind of badass defense systems because it seems like they're going to be overmatched a lot. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to find on that synth planet. I don't know if it's going to be mostly wiped out with maybe a small handful of remaining synths, if it's Mm -hmm. going to be a thriving synth society. uh, That's going to be hard to believe, right? The other side of the planet from Maddox's Mm -hmm. lab or something. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I don't know what to expect either. But I am kind of excited. Mm-hmm. I want to see what Star Trek's vision of... I guess it's not going to be like their full vision of a synthetic society, but it would be sort of the beginnings of that. How many more episodes do we have? I think it's just two. Just two? Wow. Nine, ten. It's uh, feel, feeling very cliffhangery. It is, yeah. That's, that's what I mean when they're taking their sweet time getting this crew together to really feel like a crew. They're kind of like... They're borderline taking too long for that, in my opinion. I, I want to feel something good about this team yeah. by the end of the season. I think you will. I think the end of the season is where they'll have like some kind of like crew like crew shot and they're all together and yeah. you know, they're they're welded together into an effective and, and they're gonna take that into next season. But I, I I don't think it's unfair to ask for ten episodes to kind of have that happen. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, let's get to uh, our feedback. Uh, if you'd like to send us some through subspace, of course, do, do it through uh, Picard at baldmove.com. Send mine at uh, transwarp speed. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, I won't get it in time. Yeah. I was trying to make a pop three SMTP joke, but, you know, the tr- SMTW transwarp. <laughs> anyway, Seth Seth did all the things. He, he sent it right. He, he, Picard at baldmove.com. Put a subject on there. Uh, says first, I want to talk about Soji's head tilt. You and I had a kind of a problem with that last episode because my impression is she's been subtly doing it throughout the series thus far, and Dodge did it once she was around. But the most obvious one being from Soji was right before the what the fuck hall sliding scene a few episodes ago. Hmm. Narek says some nonsense about the Borg having rituals, and she cocks her head like Data. Of course, considering what followed, I'm not surprised it was overlooked. Yeah, and I, I just feel like it wasn't. The, the head tilt she did in front of Riker was like a trademark data held head tilt. It's exaggerated. Yeah. Like they should have kept it, you know, being a little bit more subtle. But then maybe if if, if, if Riker calls it out, it, I don't know. That's weird. I, I, I like yeah. I said, I heard the click clacks of keyboards writing in the background of that scene. But fair point. The, the both sisters did it. And, and I haven't noticed it. And you're probably right. It's because they were sliding around in their socks. Disturbing. I got distracted. Disturbing. As for Picard, I think they're purposely making him seem older than Patrick Stewart is. I have to remember. You have to remember that Picard is about two decades older than Patrick. Picard was born in 2305 and the year is set uh, as 2399. So while Stewart's in the 70s, Picard would be in his 90s. 
Yeah, no, fair point. And they actually talked about that on the ready room where Frake said the big difference between old Patrick or this Patrick Stewart and new is that he's got this whole other vulnerable dimension Mm -hmm. that you never thought of him as having like 30 years ago. Um, and it's really taken taken his performance to the next level. And I I feel pretty good about what I said last week about uh, Patrick Stewart playing up the oldness and then dropping it in that ready room scene because I haven't seen him be that kind of like oh, you know I'm just I'm an old man I need a young Romulan by my side. He hasn't he's put his he's put his dentures back in for every other scene. I, I think he's 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 in good shape for, from here on out. Uh, Oscar sent us the following. I was born in 1972, so my nostalgia meter goes crazy with shows like Stranger Things and Young Sheldon. Jit Xers represent. I really can't remember watching too much Star Trek, the original series, but I love Star Trek The Next Generation. I hear you guys and understand your criticism of Picard, but for me personally, I wasn't really looking for this show to be an extension of The Next Generation. You're absolutely right on some of the boneheaded things they do, but the overall feel is okay with me. I'm really writing you to beg and implore you to watch the Orville that's, oh, okay. Yeah, like I thought Voy- you were going to say Voyager. Voyager's one the fuck out. Orville's definitely one B of people recommending a, us to watch. I am a hundred and twenty-five percent more likely to watch the Orville. Same, than the same Voyager. Here. Probably three hundred percent. I'm pretty dead set against uh, Voyager at this point, but. Uh, um, so he says that Orville is everything that TNG was, but maybe funnier and tackles modern day issues like the TNG, like the Next Generation used to do. So right. um, he also wants to hear a podcast from us. That's not going to happen. But I, I might hmm. I might actually uh, check out the Orville because I've wanted to. Yeah, same here. Uh, all right. Here is the ante take. Uh, Scott comes at us. I love Patrick Stewart, but I really want and I really want to love the show. But so far, I've only been able to kind of sort of like it. After watching Broken Pieces, I can describe my feelings using the language of a new Star Trek ba- brand. I don't fucking like the show. <laughs> Uh, now I could rage on and on about my problems with this latest episode, but I'm sure you guys will cover it. So I leave you with a quote from TNG that best suits my opinions from the Royale Riker reading the late astronaut's diary. You remember this episode? The late. Oh yeah. Yeah. The one where they're stuck in the casino, the casino. for the entire and they have to buy it to get out of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, the astronaut said, I hold no malice for my benefactors for they could not possibly know the hell they've put me through. It was such a badly written TV show filled with endless cliches and shallow characters that I shall welcome death when it comes. Uh, that's because that, the, the wow. whole thing of that is like the, these aliens found this like Apollo era astronaut mm-hmm. through some kind of transwarp fuckery crash land on their planet. They had no idea about humans, but this guy had a, like a, a shitty spy novel based on this casino. So they recreated everything, his existence to be revolve around this. And he was just stuck in this like shitty, you know, pot boiler book yeah. and he couldn't escape it. Mm-hmm. Should have tried, should have tried winning all the money, dude. Riker, Worf and data, data, gets stuck. data, data, data fixed a trick dice and then went on. Right. A, a roll. <laughs> he just crushes in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good episode. All right. All right. Let, that- let me, let me talk about star Trek, uh, Picard in its own language. It's a waste of space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not that bad. No, I. In fact, like again, if this were any other show, I probably would not put up with it. But I, yeah. I really like Star Trek, and there's enough Star Trek in this that mm-hmm. I think is neat. Um, like I said, I, I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. Um, like this felt very, this felt like a two-parter. Next generation, like you know, the Borg cube and space and all these Borg and Seven and Nine becoming the Queen temporarily. Like that's um, yeah. 
You didn't didn't get didn't get to see that much action on your average didn't T and you didn't. <laughs> you didn't get to see. I didn't ken how much action does. No, I'm not gonna try a Scottish accent. But yeah, no, you 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 didn't see that kind of action on a consistent basis <laughs> in Star Trek back in the day. I agree. You didn't. You didn't. All right. Well, we willed you. Wait, we will? I don't know. What's the... What am I even trying to do? You're just you're the guy that can pull off a Scottish accent. We're going to be back mm-hmm. next week, sans accent work, to talk about the penultimate episode of Picard, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll be doing that on Monday afternoon like we do. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for joining with us here. Uh, we appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.